All right, today we want to talk about um, overcoming the hardened heart. And, uh, you know, the reason why it took Israel in Deuteronomy chapter 1 and verses, Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 2, the Bible says that it was supposed to be an 11-day journey it was supposed to be, there were 11 days journey from Horeb by the way of Mount Seir unto Kadesh Barnea. It was supposed to be, it was supposed to be 11 day journey for, for the children of Israel um, from, the, from Egypt to Canaan, to the promised land. So the question is, is that why did it take instead 40 years for them to get to the promised land? A journey of 11 days took 40 years. Why is it that it took 40 years? Because of the hardness of their heart. And the, however fast or slow we grow depends on how hard our hearts are. And if we're, if we're ready to receive the truth, if we have hearts that are open to the truth, then we can go to the promised land faster than if our hearts are hardened, meaning that we can enter into God's purpose. We can enter into the path of Christ likeness, thinking, speaking, and behaving like Jesus Christ, um, if we are willing to soften our hearts and comply. But as we see throughout Exodus and Numbers and Deuteronomy, we could see that there was nothing but rebellion. Moses and Aaron experienced nothing but rebellion. All they were doing, and Aaron was a part of one rebellion, and all they were doing was rebelling against the plans and purposes of God. And so, yes, and Aaron, Aaron was a part of the um, building the golden calf. And so this is what we have to understand is that depending upon the condition of our heart is how fast or slow we grow in Christ likeness or if we don't or if we don't grow at all. And so it took them 40 years. What was supposed to take an 11 day journey took 40 years to get to the promised land because of the hardness of their heart and constant rebellion. And so what we see is, is that this is something that we have to address. Now, the first mention of a hardened heart is with Pharaoh in the Exodus. The very first mention in the Bible of somebody's heart being hardened is with Pharaoh in the Exodus. And we look at Exodus chapter 7, and uh, he says, and... Chapter 7 and verse 8. Okay, we'll start at verse 5. He says, And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I stretch forth my hand upon Egypt and bring out the children of Israel from among them. And Moses and Aaron did as the Lord commanded them, so did they. And Moses was fourscore years old, and Aaron fourscore and three years old when they spake unto Pharaoh. And the Lord spake unto Moses saying, and, Aaron, and unto Aaron, saying, When Pharaoh shall speak unto you, saying, Show a miracle for you, then thou shalt say unto Aaron, Take thy rod and cast it before Pharaoh, and it shall become a serpent. And Moses and Aaron went in unto Pharaoh, and they did so, as the Lord had commanded. And Aaron cast down his rod before Pharaoh and before his servants, and it became a serpent. Then... Pharaoh also called the wise men and the sorcerers, uh, now the magicians of Egypt, and they also did in like manner with their enchantments, for they cast down their, every man his rod, and they became serpents. But Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods, and he hardened Pharaoh's heart, that he hearkened not unto them, as the Lord had said.
And so you find this again and again, where the Bible talks about that um, Pharaoh's heart was hardened. So in that particular instance, in Exodus chapter 7, God hardened Pharaoh's heart. But his heart was already hardened because he already knew, he already chose against what God had wanted. He already knew that God uh, that God wanted to let the children of Israel go. But what did he do? Instead of heeding that warning, that miracle that Moses and Aaron performed in front of him, what did he do? He called for the other people and said, ha, we can do the same thing. We don't need to change. You see, he's always looking for some kind of way to cancel the commandment of God. And that's a feature of the hardened heart. We're always looking for some reason not to obey. Well, it's not convenient. It's not comfortable. It's not fit with the times. Oh, that was just a cultural thing. Oh, that was a thing of the past, whatever. But that's the, that's a feature of a hardened heart where you're looking for a reason to get out of doing what the Lord God of heaven has commanded. And you see the same thing in, um, in 722. Uh, he says, and the Lord said unto Moses and say unto Aaron, take thy rod and stretch out thine hand upon the waters of Egypt, upon their streams, upon their rivers, upon their ponds and upon their pools of water that they may become blood and that there may be blood throughout all the land of Egypt, both in the vessels of wood and the vessels of stone. And Moses and Aaron did so as the Lord commanded. And he lifted up the rod and he lifted up the rod and smote the waters that were in the river in the sight of Pharaoh and in the sight of his servants and all the waters that were in the river were turned to blood and the fish that was in the river died and the river stank and the Egyptians could not uh, drink of the water of the river and there was blood throughout the land of Egypt and the magicians of Egypt did so with their enchantments and Pharaoh's heart was hardened neither did he hearken unto them as the Lord had said so what you find is is that repeatedly um and the command was what? The command was, let my people go that they may serve me, right? That was that was Moses and Aaron's command to uh, Pharaoh. And you find that command in Exodus 8.1. The Lord spake unto Moses, go unto Pharaoh and said, thus saith the Lord, let my people go that they may serve me, right? He says, let them, let them, let them, that they may serve me. He says, and if you refuse to let them go, I will smite all thy borders with frogs. Okay, so the command is clear. The command is clear. Let my people go. And this is where the hardened heart comes from. The hardened heart, my heart, our hearts become hard when we know the will of God. The will of God has been clearly expressed by his word. There's no ambiguity. There's no confusion. It's been clearly expressed to us. And what happened? We choose to do the opposite. That's when your heart becomes hard. Every time the Holy Spirit reveals his will to you through the word of God, through preaching, through godly preaching, through um, Bible scripture reading of your own, whenever he clearly reveals the truth to you or me and we choose to do the opposite, what happens? Our hearts become hardened. You see, uh, and that's and, and this is in and, and the Lord. Uh, and you find this in uh like I said, Pharaoh with Moses, you find this with Jonah, you know, the same thing with Jonah. God commanded Jonah to go where? To Nineveh. And then what did he do? He went the exact opposite way. He went all the way away. So his heart was what? Hardened and God was merciful to him, but he caused a terrible consequence to happen to him. He caused him to be swallowed up by a giant fish. Um, the, the Bible says that the spirit is hardened first and then the mind. 
Um, God allows the spirit to be hardened. And this is a dangerous thing. My goodness, this is so dangerous. Because if our spirits become hardened to the truth, then it means that God intends to destroy us. If you, if you, you see that very thing in Deuteronomy in chapter 2, verse 30, where um, there's a perfect example of this. Deuteronomy chapter 2 and verse 30, he says, But Sihon, the king of Hezbon, um, would not let us pass by him. For the Lord thy God hardened his spirit and made his heart obstinate, that he might deliver him into thy hand as appeareth this day. And so what happened when the children of Israel wanted to pass through this man's land to, uh, to get ready for the conquest, to pass through, the Bible says that his spirit was hardened first. You see, we're spirit, soul, and body. The, the soul responds to what's in the spirit. The soul is the mind, will, and emotions. Right, So the mind, will, and emotions respond to my spirit, the condition of my spirit man. If my spirit man is hard, hard, hardened, won't listen, can't, information can't get in, don't want to change, don't want to learn, don't want to let God in, because that's exactly what that's a picture of. The Sihon, king of the uh, Heshbon, thank you, Lord, not allowing the children of Israel pass to his land is a picture of, of us, of a man not letting God in, because that's what the children of Israel represented. They represented God. They were representatives of God. They were the children of God, um, even though they didn't act like it. But that's a picture of not letting God in. So when they didn't let God in, their heart became hard. And then their hearts became, their, their spirit was hard. Then their hearts became what? Rebellious, obstinate, stubborn, right? Why? So that he, then what was the consequence? So that he might deliver them into their hands so that he could destroy them. And that's the consequence of, of what happens when our spirits are hard and our hearts become stubborn. And that's the process. The, the spirit becomes hard. Our hearts become obstinate and rebellious, and then God destroys us. So step one, hardened spirit. Step two, rebellious heart. Step three, destruction. That's how it works. And so what we have to do is, and it's not as though God doesn't give us a chance because he, he gives us warnings. He tells us things. I mean, this man already knew that the children of Israel were coming into the land. He, God gives us a, an opportunity to repent and to turn around. But, that, but when we don't allow that to happen... We go through that three-step process. Um, there's a very telling verse. Um, there's a very telling verse. He says, now I know. Intends to destroy you because you have not listened to my words. There's a verse in Second Chronicles in chapter 25 and verse 16, 2 Chronicles 25 and 16, where we find this example again. Again, hardened, hardened spirit, rebellious heart, destruction. 2 Chronicles in chapter 25 and verse 16. This is what the Lord says, and we have to pay very careful attention to this because this applies to every single one of us, all of us. All of us, all of us, all of us. Second Chronicles in chapter 25 and verse 16, he says, uh, but when he was strong, wait a minute, Second Chronicles, oh, I'm in 26. 
Second Chronicles 25, 16. There we go. Okay, there we go. Okay, and it came to pass. Now, this guy, this king, Amaz, this king had just, Amaziah had just defeated this group of people, the enemy. He had just defeated the enemy. And what he did was, he says, now it came to pass, starting in verse 14. Now it came to pass after that Amaziah was come from the slaughter of the Edomites. That's who he beat. He beat, defeated the Edomites. That he brought the gods of the children of Seir and set them up to be his own gods. And bowed down himself before them and burn incense unto them. And wherefore the anger of the Lord was kindled against Amaziah, and he sent unto him a prophet which said unto him, Why have you sought after the gods of the people which could not deliver their own people out of your hand? Verse 16, And it came to pass, as he talked with him, that the king said unto him, Art thou made of the king's counsel? Are you the king's counsel? Stop, forbear. Why shouldest thou be smitten? In other words, why should I kill you? Then the prophet forbear, and he said, I know that God has determined to destroy thee because thou hast done this and has not hearkened unto my counsel. You see, when we don't hearken unto counsel, when we won't listen to sound counsel from the scriptures, it is a clear indication. When we have a pattern of not listening, and then sometimes it's just that particular instance, because see, his heart, his heart was, his spirit was hard, and this is an example of that. Amaziah's spirit was hardened and his heart was obstinate because of his pride. You see, so what happened? The prophet warned him, why have you done this? Why would you try to use, why would you try to worship gods that couldn't even save their own people? Why would you do that? He says, stop. Well, why, why, who made you the king's counselor? Who are you? And that's what the hardened heart does. When your heart is hard and your spirit is hardened, who are you? Who are you that you should be telling me? You ain't nobody. You're not of this or that. You did this. You did that. You see, you're pointing the finger, trying to fault find, finding reasons not to listen. Well, it's this. Well, it's that. Well, you don't do everything right. Or well, you're this or you're that. You're, you're not qualified to tell me nothing. Blah, blah, blah. Those kind of things that we say to try to get out of doing the right thing and not listening. And so Amaziah experienced the same exact thing. His spirit was hard. His heart was rebellious. And then what did he get? The promise of destruction, which he got later on in the same chapter. And so, um, and, and he was in, he eventually, he was eventually killed by the king of Israel. And so, yes, I mean, yeah, he was killed by the king of Israel. And so this is, and so this is, this is what we're talking about. He did not listen to sound counsel and because he did not listen to godly counsel to stop worshiping these other gods. What did God do? God destroyed him. And so again, the spirit is hardened first, then the mind becomes rebellious and then destruction comes. That's the, that's the process. I want to, let's end, there's a verse in Ephesians in chapter 4, we're going to end with Ephesians in chapter 4, verse 18, we'll start at verse 17, he says, this I say therefore and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth not walk as the Gentiles do, walk in the vanity of their mind, having their understanding darkened being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness, that's extreme covetousness um, and lust out of control, to work all uncleanness with greediness. Now, how does this happen? How did you get to that place where you're, you're, you're past feeling? You see, that's the thing, where you become completely desensitized. How do you become that? First, blindness of heart or hardness of heart. So first, you become past feeling because your heart is hard. 
Why is your heart hard? Because you're ignorant of the of the truth of God. Why are you why are you ignorant of the truth of God? Because you are alienated from God. You're separated from God and because your your understanding is darkened. So what happens is is that if you when when I refuse my heart if my heart is hard, the knowledge can't get in. If the knowledge of God can't get in, then truth can't get in. And if the light of truth can't get in, then I live my life in darkness. And that's the progression. If my heart is hard, then that means the truth of God cannot get in. If the truth of God can't get in, then that means the light can't get in. And if the light can't get in, then I'm living my life in darkness, the darkness of sin and wickedness to where I, I live and I, and I live a life where I'm not convicted by the Holy Spirit. I'm not I don't feel guilty for doing wrong. I don't feel bad about mistreating or talking back or being rude and rebellious and disrespectful or lying and fornicating and or, or gossiping, whatever. I don't feel bad about those things. You become past feeling, meaning you become past conviction. The Holy Spirit is not is not moving on you. And see, and this is why when people tell me all the time, oh, watching those movies don't bother me. Watching those TV shows don't bother me. Watching that, listening to that music, that doesn't bother me. Going to those places doesn't bother me. It should bother you. But if it doesn't bother you, that's a sign that you are past feeling. Meaning the Holy Ghost is not convicting you anymore. That's a sign that the Holy Ghost is not in your life anymore. Because the Bible talks about in John chapter of. Uh, 14 and 16, the word of what the Holy Spirit will do, the Bible says he will convict the world. So that means the Holy Spirit is not at work in your life. If you're not feeling convicted over evil, which is what the Holy Ghost is going to convict you of, then he's not in your life. He's not at work in your life. And if he's not at work in your life, Romans 8 tells us that you're not, you're none of his. You don't belong to Jesus. And that's a scary thing to become desensitized, like to, to be past feeling. And that's a place we never, ever want to be. We always want to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. We always want to create conditions in our home and in our lives where the Holy Spirit always feels welcome. And where we're always experiencing the a sense of guilt if we're doing something wrong. We always want to have that feeling. We don't want to be like lepers. You know, lepers, lepers have a, 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 a skin condition where they have like the nerve damage is so great that they can't feel anything. So if, if they if they bump their knee up against the door, so they could literally break their knee and not even know it. Or like in certain villages in India where they have leprosy really bad, they always tell them, hey, check your when you wake up in the morning, you need to check your fingers and check your toes because a rat or something like that in the middle of the night could bite off your toe or bite off your finger and you won't even know it. You see, they wouldn't even, because they don't have any feeling in their body. They don't have any, in terms of nerves, they don't have any sensitivity in their limbs. So they don't feel any pain. You see, so that's what leprosy does. Leprosy takes away the, the sensitivity in your body. And so this is how we become when we, when we, when we will not, when our heart, when our spirits are hardened, our hearts become obstinate and we're on the path of destruction. We don't, we become past feeling. Our hearts, when our hearts are hardened, we become past feeling. The truth of God cannot get in. The light of truth can't get in. And then, it, so we remain ignorant. And then because we're ignorant, what happens? We're alienated from the life of God. We're separated from the life of God. And then what happens? We live in the darkness of evil and sin and death. You see, and this is what we don't want. 
What we want to be is we want to be submissive to the Holy Ghost. We want to be yielded to the Holy Spirit. We want to be yielded to truth. We want to be, we want to listen. We want to be attentive. We want to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. We want to be, we want to be eager. Like Paul said, we want to, you had such indignation to do the right thing. You had, you had a fervor, a passion to want to repent, to want to say you're, to be sorry for your wrong and then not do it anymore. And that's what true holiness is all about. True holiness is not about looking down on others or true holiness is about when you learn the truth, you repent. And you set yourself apart to God. Everything that you know, the Bible says in First Timothy um, in chapter 5, and this is the last verse that we're going to quit. Okay, I'm sorry. In First Timothy in chapter 5, in verse... First um, Timothy in chapter 5, and verse... Um, I charge thee before the Lord Jesus. Lay hand, okay, yeah, verse 22. He says, Lay hands suddenly on no man, neither be a, t- a partaker of other men's sins. Keep thyselves pure. And that's what we don't want to be. We don't want to be a partaker of any man's sins, whether it's on TV, whether it's the movies, whether it's in the music. We don't want to be a partaker of any man's sins, any man's sins. We want to keep ourselves pure. That's what, that's what the that's the commandment. Let's keep ourselves pure in the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for your patience with us, Father of heaven. Please, we ask for forgiveness. We ask for cleansing. We ask for your help, Lord God of heaven, to set up, set ourselves apart to you. Help us not have hardened hearts, Lord. Help us to be soft, soft-hearted, Lord. Remove the, the hardness of our spirit, Lord, and let us give us correctable spirits, all of us, Father, that can course correct when we make mistakes to just be able to correct those mistakes, Lord, quickly, and that we don't end up stuck in the mistake, Father. Help us. Give, a, give us correctable spirits, Lord. We thank you and love you in the name of Yeshua, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.